Evening. Thank you for being here. It's a blessing to see you all. I'm going to make sure this works before we get started so that when I want to go to the slides, we're not distracted with having to stop and start. Is there a corny picture behind me? I, yeah, I absolutely hate that picture, and that's why I put it up there. I was looking for a theme for the slides, and I thought, that's the corniest thing I've ever seen. And uh, who? Oh, right. <laughs> liberty on three. One, two, three, liberty. Wait till the end. It's way worse than this one. It'll, that'll be worth your suspense right there. Well, we had a two-week break in our Sunday night series, Believe to See. Two weeks ago, Mike Petraco gave us an update of his trip to the Philippines. And then the following week, we had missionary Chris Hunter with us, who was the missionary that Mike Petraco went over to work with. And that was such a blessing to see how God put all that together. It's not often that we'll get to see a project from start to finish. And Mike got to see it from the birth of the burden with the preacher in California to the miraculous fundraising in Alaska. You were there for that. And to see all of that take place, to see a group of willing laborers in South Dakota our Seedline churches as well that were on board with that. To see all of that through to people getting saved in the Philippines. What a blessing to see how God has done that. And I have never seen a missionary come back and just say thank you for doing that. Not that they don't say thank you, but to make the trip back and to say, I just wanted to come and tell you thanks. That was really neat. And by the way, Based upon how much y'all gave in a love offering, y'all must have really liked them. It was such a blessing to have him here. And, and honestly, we probably should talk about taking him on for support because it was just tremendous. And the way y'all responded with your love offering shows, you guys really appreciated him being here. Well, the theme this year is Believe to See which is taken from Psalm 27, 13, where David wrote, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And the challenge I feel that God has for us is that we need to believe to see what He can do in us and through us. Tonight's going to be a little bit different than what we've been doing. We have, we have to believe to see before we will see the goodness of the Lord. We don't see it and then believe it. I'm just kind of recapping since it's been a few weeks since we've met together on this. If we see it first and then believe it, that's not faith. We have to believe to see. That's faith, that we can see what God has for us. We can't see it with our natural eyes, but we can believe by faith to see what God has for us. The main application in the sermons so far has been our decision to go to two Sunday morning services this year. And and believe it or not, it's right around the corner. We are just a couple, three weeks away from launching out into the deep. What does God have in store for us? Well, I don't know for sure. But we also never know unless we try. 
The idea is we don't have the room anymore in this facility. We don't have the money to build. We don't have the money to purchase. So let's do what we can with the resources we do have in the time being. Since we're out of room, since we're out of parking, we've just about maxed out this facility. We must do something to make room for those God is sending our way. We can stagnate or we can propagate. And I believe a church needs to grow when able. And right now, I believe we're able. I must admit how surprised I've been at the amount of people who have said, I'll be there at the morning service. (laughs) So this will be interesting when it's just me and Brother Long here for the 11 o'clock service. (laughs) But that'll be okay. But I'm glad that people are, are kind of growing you know, they kind of like the idea. I think it's wonderful. And if you are those who come to the first service, I just want to encourage you, please try to stay for Sunday school. I really want to see that grow. And I know I mentioned that this morning, but I want to see our Sunday school class, our adult class grow. And if you do stay, if you come to the early service and you're staying through to Sunday school, please mingle with some of the other people. Those of you who have the gift of gab, and you know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to ask you who it is, because if they start talking, they'll take over the service, and that'll be the end of it. But you know who you are, Brother Sullivan, and um, <laughs> some other guys that are sitting in here. And, and so just mingle with folks, if you will. Encourage them to stay for Sunday school. Encourage them to be back on Sunday nights. I'm super encouraged with what God has been doing on Sunday nights. Um, This has just been incredible to see um, the return rate that we're seeing here on Sunday nights. And so I just appreciate your faithfulness. But encourage them to do so because it's in those services that we will overcome some of the awkwardness of not knowing everybody. And, And I hate that just as much as you do, but it just comes with the territory. So the more we can fellowship, the better. And we can get to know others by joining together in Sunday school being back together on Sunday nights and, of course, Wednesday nights as well. So we just need to understand that not everybody's going to be willing to stick around. We understand that. But those who do will feel more a part of the church as they get more involved. Now, remember, this is all about reaching souls. That's it. If we lose that focus, we need to stop. It's about helping more families. It's about giving families a place to call their church home. It's about reaching military members as they pass through. It's about encouraging them and strengthening them as they're on their tour of duty and and trying to help them get grounded as they launch out into their life. And, And so we've just got to keep these things in mind as we go. This is our sixth week now in this series as we started by considering our theme just a bit. That was the first week. We just talked about believing to see. And then the question was asked, can you see it? And then we talked about seeing the Spirit's leading, then seeing the blessing, and last time, see the uh, multiplication. For tonight, I'd like you to join me in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 as we talk about seeing your role. Seeing your role. (laughs) R-O-L-E. All right. This message will veer just a bit from what we've been talking about. As I was mentioning, it's not really going to have the faith aspect to it, which is the theme. So just bear with me, okay? Um, We'll do the best we can. But as we uh, go into this venture, we've been talking about faith. 
this won't necessarily do that, although I hope that it will propel some of you to step out by faith and get more involved. To get more involved. Even if you don't think you're able. And you say, well, God couldn't use me. He can. He can use every one of us who are willing to be used. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that, planteth, uh, he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The church at Corinth here was being rebuked for their carnality. That's not a moniker I would like to have on our church. <laughs> Preachers often say, the carnal church, the church at Corinth. I'd like to be known as the spiritual church. Amen. It was Paul's desire here to feed them with meat, but he had to keep feeding them with milk because they were still babes in Christ. They were not yet ready to bear what Paul wanted to teach them. And because of their carnality, there was envying, strife, and divisions. And we see the problem in verse 4 was they had broken off into these factions. Some would say, I am of Paul. Others would say, I am of Apollos. And we know from chapter 1 that some would say, I am of Cephas. Some would say, I am of Christ. So Paul asked the question in 1 Corinthians 1.13, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? We've covered it already in this series. But division will take down a church real fast. And division will cause the brakes to be slammed on any direction we're heading. We've got to stay unified. We've got to stay of one accord. We can't have those who say, I'm of Pastor Brooks. Those who say, I'm of Pastor Williams. I'm of Brother Long. I'm of Brother Chavez. And pick the brother. I'm of the deacons. Got to make sure the deacons get their little props. But here's the thing. We're all unified when we can say, we're of Christ. Paul asked the question in verse 5 of our text. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? Paul is saying, we were just servants who brought you the message. 
We were just vessels that God used to give you the gospel. All we were doing, Paul says, is we were using the ability that God gave us. Even as the Lord gave to every man. Our objective, he says, wasn't to convert into camps like you've allowed to happen. Our objective was not to come in here, give you the gospel so that you could say, I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos and I'm of Cephas. Our objective here was to come in here, give you the gospel so that you could be converted to Christ, that you could be in his camp, that you could work for him. And and here's the thing he's saying is all we did is we came in here with a common goal and a common message, and we were just trying to give you the common salvation that we all have in Christ. And none of us came in here thinking we were somebody important, but we were just happy to be used of God. He goes on to say in verse 6, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Paul was the one who planted the church. But Apollos was the one that God used to water those who had been planted. But understand, ultimately, it was all of God. Because what seed was being planted? When Paul says, I planted, what was he planting? He was planting the Word of God. It wasn't his word. When Apollos came in and he watered, what was he using the water? The word of God. It wasn't his water. (laughs) It was all of God. Everything that was taking place had to be through God. Which is why Paul goes on to say, or to write in verse 7, So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth. But God giveth the increase. See, once we understand God's role in what we do, we understand that we are powerless without Him. When we, when we understand God's role, when we don't get into our little camps, when we don't get into our little factions, when we don't think that this person is better than that person, and we just keep our eyes on the Lord, we realize, you know what? I'm just being used of God, and He's the one that has all the power. You see, this church isn't here because any of us are so great. But it's because if we'll keep our eyes on Christ, then it'll be His strength and His power and His Spirit. And so it has to be because of God. And we can't bring about what God can bring about. We don't have the power. We can't save. We can't heal. We can't get divinely inspired at this point and get a new book of the Bible. Now, this isn't to say that we don't play a role. We know... We do according to verse 8, which says, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. Our roles roles in this is we plant and we water. But notice that we are to be one in doing so. The one who plants is not greater than the one who waters, and the one who waters is not greater than the one who plants. We're to be one. Verse 9 says, For we are laborers together with God. We labor together, not against each other. We're in this thing together. As as the body of Christ, as we all have a purpose in the body, we're fulfilling a role that God has. Now, we all can't have the same function, right? But we can all work towards the same goal. We can all be useful in God's service. 
And so it just says here, we're laborers together. Did you catch what it says there? It says, and this is such a blessing to me, we are laborers together with God. Amen. <laughs> Amazing. Laborers together with God. I don't know why God chose to allow us the privilege of working for Him to be a part of His work, but I sure am thankful that He has. First Timothy 1.12 says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. I want you to know tonight, it's a joy to serve the Lord. Too many preachers get up and make it sound like it's the worst thing you could possibly do with your life. But I want to tell you, it's a joy. It's a great joy to be able to speak and to teach and to preach God's Word. And to have a pulpit to do it from is doubly better. And it's just been a joy week after week. It's a blessing. And to do so to such wonderful people is icing on the cake. And I mean that. It's, it's just a delight to be your pastor. And I thank Pastor Williams for whipping you into shape before I got here. I don't want you to think tonight that ministry is a drudgery. Listen, I was serving in the ministry before I ever became a pastor. So I know what it's like to work full-time, work shift work, be in the military, be active duty, go and deploy, having a family, and still trying to preach. But it's not a drudgery. It's a joy. I think the choir sang last week, my, my, my. What a joy to serve my Jesus. Oh, that I could explain the way I feel. Rejoicing in unspeakable joy and full of glory. It's amazing, but praise God, I know it's real. It's an honor. It's a, it's a pleasure. Are there hard times? Yeah. Are there difficult circumstances? Sure. But what area of life doesn't have those things? Amen. I know most of you have perfect marriages, but I read in a book once that some of us have issues in our marriages from time to time. <laughs> and so we look, it's, it's in every area of life. It's going to happen in ministry because we're all sinners. And so there are difficult times. There's hard times. But the choir sang this morning, man, the choir's been on a roll. I'm telling you, when you get to where he's all you have, you'll find he's all you need. It's a tremendous blessing getting to work with God. Are you digesting that statement? Labors together with God. The same who created everything. The one who formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into him life. Man became... That same God says, you can labor with me. It's a privilege, it's not a pain. The picture at the end of verse 9 changes from a cultivated field where God is the husbandman to a building which is God's. And we can all be on God's work crew tonight. In verse 10 he says, According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. We can all be a part of God's building program. We can all pick up a shovel. We can all get a pickaxe. We can all do something for the cause of Christ. It's built upon the foundation of Christ. 
And all we have to do is take heed on how we build. We need to make sure we're using the proper materials. Gold, silver, precious stones. Not wood, hay, and stubble. There are rewards mentioned here, but I don't really want to go there tonight. Though rewards are good, amen? And I got no problem with somebody says, hey, I'm trying to get the crown. Praise God. You keep working, you keep striving for the mastery. Let's stay focused tonight on our roles. You may recall at our annual State of the Church address this year, I mentioned our purpose. It was four R's. We're going to build upon that tonight. I have since tweaked the last R. Well, let's go a little bit more into this because you need to know how you fit and how you're helping us fulfill our purpose as a church, how you can relate to it all. Now, for certain, we've been blessed with so many ministries. We have things in place. We have a, a, a good operation going, if I can put it in those terms. We have um, laborers. We have things that are functioning. There's areas we can expand and improve, and there always is. And, and a church that's growing will always kind of be in this transitional kind of mindset. But we have a lot of things in place. I want to give you a picture tonight of how this looks. Because I, I want all of us to see our roles in the church and how it relates to the overall purpose of the church. I'm going to go to the slideshow now and just talk about these four things and we'll be done. So our purpose, we want to reach out, we want to root down, we want to raise up, and then I changed the last one, we want to reap from. When I say reach out, we want to reach people through salvation. You see, that's one area we've got to do better at. God's been very gracious to bring people to us, but we've got to start putting shoe leather, leather to the street and getting the lost out there and get them to come in here and be saved. And I would love to build a church that way. I'll, I'll build a church any way God wants to, amen. If he wants to bring in people from another church, so be it. But I would rather just win people to Christ. Amen. And so when we talk about reaching out, we're talking about salvation, we're talking about those who are seeking. There's going to be those who are looking for a church. Maybe they've been burned somewhere and, and we can be a help to them. Maybe they've never really been grounded and they want to get in a, in a church and, and we can reach out to them. When we talk about rooting down, I'm talking about those who have been saved through reach out. They've been baptized here. They get baptized. They join our, our church. And then we begin to see them discipled. And this is where the Baptists dropped the ball back there in the 70s and the 80s. Is we had this great movement of independent fundamentalism in where they were the mega churches. The independent Baptist churches were the churches in America at one time. And we dropped the ball on discipleship. And so people grew up, didn't know what in the world they stood for. But now we want to make sure that we're, we're training people, we're teaching them. What, why, we're, why are we a Baptist? Amen. And, and look, I'm okay if you don't know that right now. Like I said this morning, we need to have people that are from all ends of the spectrum. But at some point, we need to sit down and have the conversation and say, what are our Baptist dis distinctives? What is it that makes us a Baptist? Are we just Baptist because we like the name? Or are we Baptist because the Bible makes us Baptist? You see, are we Baptist because of conviction? And I'll just remind you, those who don't know, we are not a denomination in here tonight. We are independent Baptist. There is nobody over us telling me what to preach and what curriculum to use. Amen. Except for Jesus Christ. 
And so, listen, we're not, we're, not in this, we're not in this thing called Baptist because we want a structure, that we want a parachurch over us, that we want somebody that can, uh, a parent church over us that can tell us what to do. I, I'm going to get off track. We need to disciple people. We just need to disciple them. And, and, and I, I believe this is why we, we lose our young people to different movements. Because they've never really been grounded. Why do we use that King James Bible? You're going to grow up one day and leave the house, God willing. Are you going to stick with the old book or not? And see, if you don't know the reason why, what does it matter? We've got to disciple people. There's reasons why we stand in certain areas that we do. Isn't that right? Most of you are here tonight because somewhere down the line, you got convicted about being in this kind of church. Somewhere down the line, somebody sat down with you and said, let me show you from your Bible where verses are missing. And you went, my goodness. Maybe I do need to go with the old book. Maybe somebody sat down with you and said, uh, we believe in the Baptist distinctives. You might hear, you may not even know what I'm talking about there. You ever seen the acrostic for Baptist? Well, we need to get into that some night, Amen. All right, we need to raise up. See if I got to move on or else I'll get to preaching. We want to see people grow. Do you see the flow here? We're, we're reaching out. We're seeing people saved. We're getting them rooted down. We're getting them baptized, disciple. We want them to grow up, raise up. We want them to be, to be nourished while they are here. We want to give them fertilizer. We want to give them water. We want to Provide the sunshine as much as God will allow us to. We want to do all these things that will help them to raise up as believers in Christ. And then eventually, the hope is we'll reap from them. Because anything in this process that we're talking about, eventually somebody grows up and they bear their own fruit. And then they can then... Guess what they can do now? They can now serve. We want them to go now and repeat the process. We want them to go tell people about Christ. We want them to be uh, rooting them down, raising them up, and so that other people can be reaped from one day. Everybody see the process here? So what we want to do is we want to reach out. How do we do this? We do this through saturation. You can see the man there broadcasting the seed of the Word, or the seed. We want to broadcast the seed of the Word of God. We just want to saturate. Get the Word of God out into the community. Get the John and Roman door hangers out there. Get gospel tracts out there. Tell people that, the, that we have the Word of God. Give them the Word of God. So we've got to saturate through our reach out. We can do that through tracts and John Romans. We're doing that somewhat through advertising. We can do that through uh, media. And our bus ministry is part of our reach out. Our jail ministry is part of our reach out. Our nursing home is part of our reach out. And by the way, we're still looking for a man to step up and help Brother Hollinsworth in that area. He's already preaching at the jail. We need somebody to help at the nursing home. So if God's called you to preach, you need to pray about that. We've got the press ministry that we use for reach out. We reach the world through that. Amen. Uh, hospitality ministry. That's where we greet people. And although they're coming to us at that point, we are going to them. We're reaching out to them to say, we're glad you're here. <laughs> oh, what a novel idea. What a blessing to see you today. And so uh, if you're interested in some of these things, we'll kind of talk about them as we go. 
Uh, we reach out through missions. By the way, that's another reason I'm an independent Baptist. I wanted all my money to go to missions. Now, if I give money to missions, it all goes to missions. Praise God. All right, root down. How about that picture, huh? We spare no expense here at Liberty. So we root down through discipleship. Sunday school. Our academy. Patch clubs. Visitation. Cleaning. How is cleaning rooting down people? Well, if we can remove the impediments of people coming in here to say, I'm just too distracted to even pay attention. Amen. Cleaning, facility maintenance, ushers. And by ushers, I mean this, guys. Not just taking up the money, that's great, but that's not really uh, rooting down anybody. But when you're standing in the back back there as ushers and you see it starting to fill up, you go to places and you say, hey, can you guys scoot in so we can make room for some other people? Go to people that are members here and say, hey, squish in. That's, that's helping to root people down because they're getting to come in here and hear the Word of God. Our sound ministry. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. If, if the sound guys ain't doing what they're supposed to do, we're in trouble. Raise up. I love this picture because it's this tree that's staked. It's being raised up, but it's not ready to stand alone yet. And when we think about raising up people and what we're trying to do here, as, as I talk about you seeing your role, some of you just need to help prop people up. Just help them withstand the storm. That's helping them to grow higher and to grow taller and to uh, put down those roots. We do this through faithful church attendance. We need people who will just encourage folks. Hey, you know what? Would you like to get a meal tonight after service? They weren't going to come tonight's service, but now they might get a free meal. You got to use Dairy Queen for me, but you know, whatever. Some of you like Culver's. I haven't quite figured that one out yet. We're trying to raise up through our teen ministry. Because the thinking here is most of our teens, they've been in church probably almost their whole life, and they're beyond just kind of getting grounded. We're trying to raise them up to become servants of God, We're trying to raise them up to become uh, godly citizens in our country. Junior church, you're helping to raise up. Nursery, you're helping to raise up. You say, How's nursery? Helping to raise up because you're helping a mother come in here and get to hear preaching. And when a mother can come in here and they can see a clean nursery, a nice, friendly staff, and can feel comfortable dropping their child off, we might have just won that family. Right? Because some families go to a church and the nursery is just all kind of cattywampus and nobody wants to be there. And so we've got to just think about all these things. The music ministry. Raising people up through the ministry of music. Music encourages us, doesn't it? It helps us. It edifies. Providing meals. I think Lisa mentioned that tonight. When we provide meals for people, you know what we're saying to them? We care about you. And there might be somebody and you're thinking, you know what? We don't really see them that much. And I don't know why I'm preparing a meal for somebody I don't really know. We just want to raise them up. We want them to know, hey, we love you. We're glad you're here. And we provide them a meal. And hopefully they'll come back and say, man, that's such a friendly church. They went out of their way to make me... i got to hurry. Read from. Now there's maturity. Now there's fruit. The roots have gone deep. Now we plug them into one of the previous areas we talked about. Bananas take 10 to 15 months until you can get a banana. That's not bad. That would be good if in 10 to 15 months you could have a fully functioning round as a Christian. 
Apples take six to ten years from seeds, not the ones you buy at the nursery that are already, you know, half grown. Oranges can take up to 15 years. Brazil nuts can take up to 20 years until they produce any. So I just want to say tonight, we need to stay patient in what we're doing. You see, we're going into this thing. We're, we're stepping out on faith. We don't know what the future holds. We just need to be patient. For those visual learners, I did this, and I had to throw some out because I didn't have space. And that's as good as you get, amen? That's O3E work right there. Um, amen. <laughs> Nobody else got that. Um, and so why do I put this up here? Because here's what I want to tell you tonight. Where are you involved at in our church? What are you doing in our church? Are you doing anything? Some water, some plant, but God gives the increase. And, and I don't know where you feel like your niche is. But we've got a purpose. We've got to reach souls. We've got to get them rooted. We've got to raise them up. And you can help us fulfill that purpose by getting involved in an area. Amen! Amen. At least act like you're paying attention. I'll feel better about it and we'll go home quicker. And so you can look at that and you say, you know what, man, I really want to get involved in reach out. I want to help reach people that have never heard the gospel. That's what I feel like God wants me to do. Let's plug you into one of these things. You with me? And then you look at this, you say, you know what, I want to, maybe I just feel like I'm better off teaching. I like discipleship. Um, I can grab a mop and clean, and that'll help people feel more comfortable in church and, and them want to stay. Uh, look, you can pick somewhere on here, and you can say, this is what I'm good at. And so here's the thing. As we go forward, why am I doing this now? I need you to, I need you to see your role because if the church grows, we're going to need more laborers. And so you need to find out where God wants you to be. Is that corny or what? <laughs> I uh, absolutely hate that picture. <laughs> Stop it. Who's doing that? <laughs> Bunch of weirdos. We are all laborers together. Amen? Amen? Find where you can serve and get involved. And then, because what I wanted to do tonight was you can have peace in knowing because some people go, I don't really know what I do here. You know, I go downstairs in between Sunday school and Sunday morning and I make food and pour drinks, but what am I really doing? You're helping those kids to get rooted down. You see what I'm trying to say? Quick illustration. When I was active duty and I remember after 9-11, well, I went deployed. And I didn't know really how I fit in the big picture as a meteorologist. Nobody cares. Oh, it's going to snow today, sir. Well, how much? I oh, probably wanted three. Okay. And, and you don't really know how you fit into the big picture. But then when you go to war, Air Force meteorologist here, okay. <laughs> when you go to war and, and you're briefing bombers who are going to go drop bombs on the enemy, all of a sudden your, your meteorology, your, your forecasting and your briefings all of a sudden take on a different meaning. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. I do serve a purpose here. They, they do need to know if they can laze the target. They do need to know what angle they need to come at so that the sun's hitting it just right, that it'll shine on their, their little infrared thing you do for whatever. Amen? I don't know what it is, but that thing that helps them see stuff. What's my attack angle? Oh, I, I didn't realize I actually started to... See, a lot of you just think weather's highs and lows, amen? But uh, it's a lot more than that. And, and so... Um, you got to tell them, hey, you got to come in at this angle, at this time, if you want to see this target. 
Is the target running? Is it, is it shut off? Is it, is it metal? Is it wood? Is it grass? Is it dust? Is it... And then all of a sudden it's like, I am making a difference. See, don't think you're driving out there to box elder bin and just going, man, I'm wasting all my time. You're bringing kids in to get rooted down, to raise them up. You see what I'm saying? When, when you realize that you serve a purpose, posting stuff on Facebook. I don't know nothing about Facebook. Amen? But it's making a difference. We're reaching out. And so I'm just trying to encourage you tonight. See your role. What is it God wants you to do here? Are you serving? If not, why not? What are your interests? Reaching out, rooting down, raising up. Let's get you plugged in. Let's keep doing what we do for the Lord. Amen. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. Let's just keep doing it better and better. And let's reach more souls. See your role in it all. Let's pray.